So as we get ready to go into my message here this morning, for those who are going to be listening on Facebook Live this morning, uh, we're going to continue um, kind of what we started last week. You know, we, we ended with the resurrection. For first week, we ended on Saturday with Jesus still in the tomb. In a long time, he had to wait there a week this time. And last week, we ended with the empty tomb, the resurrection, Jesus coming back, and how that changed our life, how that changes really the story of your life. And how, how when G, that resurrection, when Jesus came back, he did it to say, death is done. You're no longer separated from the Father. You can't work for it. You can't earn it. You can't do anything with it. It's a free gift that I've given you. And this morning, I want to continue in that journey, and we're going we're gonna to talk about and read this morning the, the story of the road to Emmaus. Okay, the two disciples he meets on the road to Emmaus. It's found in Luke 24, and we're going to start in verse 13. And really, the title of the message this morning is, Do You Recognize Him? It, it really struck me this week, and I, I was spending time at a conference this week, and so I didn't have a ton of time to, you know, do my normal sermon prep stuff. But as I, I kept thinking on it through the week, and I kept thinking on it, I started thinking about it last night. How many of us as Christians walk through our Christianity and miss Jesus? You know, we, we, we have a lot of fun with, with the Bible. We have a lot of fun with the stories in the Bible and say, how, how did they not recognize him? There's times I haven't recognized Jesus in my life. And so I think when we're honest, by the end of the day today, the question we need to ask ourselves is, do we recognize him? Todd Agnew did a song a few years back. And the, the whole premise of the song was the sad part of culture today. Would Jesus be invited into most of our churches? Because we worry about the carpet. We worry about the paint job. We worry about how it looks. And Jesus would walk in with bloody, nasty, dirty feet. What would we do to Jesus? Would we let him come in? Do we recognize our Savior? Do we recognize he was the one who was beaten for us? He bled for us. He died on a cross for us. Or do we want the brown hair, blue-eyed, smiling Jesus that we always put up on pictures? Because it looks nice. We have before us this morning a very insightful account of the Lord's appearance after the resurrection. Now, before I get into this story, understand there are some theories out there that Jesus about Jesus and the resurrection. I'm going to cover one because I was watching the sermon and it was actually on the Discovery Channel. Jesus didn't really die on the cross. They took him down before he died and buried him in a tomb. Now, the problem I have with this story, and I was sharing it with the guys this morning, even if he didn't die, dude just got beat, just got hung by his hands and feet on a cross, got put into a tomb, somehow rolled that rock away, and two days later, jogged seven miles to Emmaus. As the, and this was the, the pastor I preached, or listened to, so don't yell at me for this. He said, for you to believe that, you're dumber than the things you think we believe. Who would have been beaten, lost all that blood, and were able to walk seven miles two days later? 
Okay, so we read this account, and it starts in verse 13. It says, the same day two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. As they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened. As they talked, they discussed these things. Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them. But God kept them from recognizing them. He asked them, what are you discussing so intently as you walk along? They stopped short, sadness written across their faces. Then one of them, Cleopas, replied, you must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that have happened here the last few days. Got to love Jesus' response. What, what are you talking about? He says, what things, Jesus asked. The things that happened to Jesus. The man from Nazareth, they said. He was a prophet who did powerful miracles. He was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But our leading priests and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death, and they crucified him. We had hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. This all happened three days ago. Then some of the women from our group of his followers were at his tomb early this morning, and they came back with an amazing report. They said his body was missing and that he had seen angels who had told them, Jesus is alive. <laughs> some of our men ran out to see. Sure enough, body was gone, just as the women had said. Then Jesus said to them, you foolish people. You find it so hard to believe all that the prophets wrote in the scriptures. Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering his glory? So dear Heavenly Father, as we come to you this morning, and we continue through this journey, and it's really a journey of our own Christian walk, God, as we look at them and look at this story, and we can recognize some principles that we can apply to ourselves to actually become better followers of you. And so, God, we ask you to quicken our hearts. We ask you to open our eyes to see and our ears to hear with your power of your Holy Spirit. And in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, on one hand, as we look at this this morning, we see this is really a recount of two of the disciples that had just left. Okay? They had just left Jerusalem and were walking, I'm guessing, home. So they're walking down the road. Jesus was just crucified. And so they're, they're cruising home. On the other hand, we see the outlines for this, us in this journey from not recognizing Jesus to understanding the Scripture, what the Scripture says about him, to recognizing who he is, and finally to our witness of what we have experienced. Because as we're going to continue to read a little bit on the end of this story, they went through a journey. They were that person who showed up. And there's, there's four things I want you to realize from this passage as we get into this here this morning, is the first thing is what do we see happening? Jesus showed up. So no matter what you're walking through today, what questions you have, what doubts you have about Jesus, understand this one truth. Jesus is still pursuing you. He's never stopped. He is still seeking us out. Now we look at them, and they can, you know, kind of be related to those people who've been saved too long. They knew who Jesus was. They said he was a prophet. They said they were hoping he was the Messiah. They said he did a lot of miracles. So they knew who he was. They knew a lot about him. They'd heard a lot about him, and they'd seen him do some things. Yet, somehow we still don't recognize him. 
somehow we still don't surrender everything we have to who Jesus is. We got just enough knowledge to be dangerous. And as many speakers have said over the years, the hardest thing to learn about Jesus is the 18 inches from your head to your heart. Why didn't they recognize Jesus? Even though Jesus just apparently caught up to them. This morning, have you guys ever been in a church service where you are just getting lost in worship and God is doing some awesome stuff and you're just having a great time and you look over to your left or to your right or in front of you and this person looks like they're completely bored out of their mind? How is God right next to us but we don't recognize him? How is God doing something in and through someone that we know, a family member, but yet we don't know it's God doing it? And we don't see God doing it because we're so trapped in our own minds, we haven't opened our heart to say, God, what are you doing? I know you're doing this over here, God, but I want to feel you here. God, how come that person is in tears and worshiping you and you can tell that just the Holy Spirit is just drenched over them? Why can't I feel that, Jesus? We want what somebody else has got and Jesus saying, I'm pursuing you. I've caught them. Slow down. And so Jesus catches up to these guys. And what's the question he asks? I love it. What you talking about? I'm like... Couldn't have came up with a better question. He knew what they were talking about. He said, what you guys up to? And they're like, dude, haven't you heard? Haven't you heard everything that happened? And she's like, no, what? Jesus does that with us a lot, don't he? We say, God, why aren't you doing anything about this? He's like, what you talking about? Well, you're not fixing this for me. But haven't you heard? Haven't you read the scripture that says I'm always in control? No matter what's going on in your marriage today, no matter what's going on in your family today, no matter what brought you here today, God's never given up control of that situation. That's what the Bible says. And that's what Jesus, Jesus always did that. He always brought God's word back into it to teach us. So why didn't they recognize him? The original language says they were kept from recognizing him. God had a purpose, though, in blinding their eyes. God's purpose, Jesus and God were not being cruel, okay? Because if I just had a best friend that died and he came back to life and he played a trick on me like that, I'd be upset. But in this case, they weren't being cruel. He had a lesson to teach them. And he has a lesson to teach us today from that. They learned things they never knew. Because if you read through the story, he takes them back, probably to Genesis 3. He says, don't you remember the scripture that says the serpent will bruise his heel and I'll crush his head? Don't you remember that scripture? Then he probably took him to Moses with meeting him in the fire in the burning bush. And to Isaiah and to Zechariah and into all the prophecies. Jesus starts teaching these guys. And so when we truly ask the question, and then we hear God say, haven't you heard? And take the time God will teach us. He'll teach us new revelation. Not anything that's never been in our Bible, but stuff we've never seen. Because I don't know about you, but people put stuff in my Bible all the time. 
I don't know where that verse came from. I'm like, apparently I got a wrong version. Because where did that verse come from? And Jesus brings it to light. Why? Because he was pursuing me, and I stopped long enough to ask him a question saying, haven't you heard? And he said, yeah, I've heard, but haven't you heard? And he starts teaching me what he wants me to know out of his word. Because how do people know? It comes by hearing the word of God. And so most sermons, what I try to do is get you guys just hungry enough that you'll go hunt the scriptures yourself. Why? Because God's got a message for you. A specific message that he's designed to change your life. I'm just here to try to open up a little door a little bit, let Jesus use me to open up the door so you guys go feed yourself. The last thing he did was he told them, you've got a lot of head knowledge of who you think I am. But as we sang in that last song, Jesus wants to change us from the inside out. Remember, he spent a lot of time talking to Pharisees about whitewashed tombs. You know, you look good on the outside, but on the inside is death. And Jesus said, you've got to get it from your head to your heart. You have a lot of knowledge about me. You have a lot of statistics about me. You have a lot of who you thought I was, but you missed who I am. And that's, that's important. That's important to understand. Because they had a preconceived idea of who Jesus is. And I think when we come into church, we have that same preconceived notion about Jesus. It's our own preconceived notion. And I believe in Christianity in general, we've done a disservice to people by telling them when you come and pray and you accept Jesus into your life, your life's going to get better because it ain't. He's going to mess with things first because he got things in your life he's got to get rid of first before we can follow him. And it's why I tell people, I want you to check this Jesus stuff out. I want you to get into your Bible and find out who Jesus is. Before, I, before you come to an altar and, and give your heart to Jesus, know what you're surrendering. Because there is a cost to giving our heart to Jesus. It, he paid the highest price. We say, yeah, but the gift is free. You were bought with a price, and that price was Jesus' blood. So there's a cost to follow Jesus. And when we understand that, our misplaced trust in who we think Jesus is because it becomes a firm foundation trust in who he says he is. The problem, and Jesus even told them, you guys got such little faith. How did you miss it? Because now understand, these guys have been cruising around with Jesus for a while. That's not how it says it in there, but... They had been following Jesus. They had watched him do miracles. They had watched him do things. And some of you may have been, some of you guys may have come to church for years now. And again, this is new for me every time I read it. Because God's always doing something to mess with pop, what I think I know. They heard from the women. Peter and John ran to the tomb. And so they heard. From the disciples, the tomb was empty. And what did they do? Went home. How many times have you heard of the greatness of God and just walked away? Said, yeah, that's cool. 
Jesus had just raised from the dead. We know from the, the rest of the other stories in the Bible that the disciples went fishing. Tombs empty. I'm searching for this dude. Knowing about Jesus and knowing Jesus are two totally different things. When we know Jesus, he changes how we think. He changes what we do. He changes why we do it. And he changes the love inside of us to show for other people. The second thing we notice when we get into this is Jesus will open our eyes. Verse 27 says, Then beginning with Moses and from all the prophets, Jesus interpreted from the, for them the things concerning himself and all the scripture. So why is it important for you to get into your word? Because the Holy Spirit will interpret it for you. We know that Jesus walked through the, all the way through the revelation story of who he was from Genesis to the resurrection. Why he'd come, who he was, and why it was necessary. We know Jesus will open our eyes to see him for who he truly is, our risen Savior who gave his life for us. Scripture gives testimony of who Jesus is. And Jesus still uses testimonies today to open the eyes of people who are seeking him. It's why we always want to share our faith. Many people, many pastors, and I threw myself in there, Christians will try to tell you who they think Jesus is. I cannot explain him. You can't explain eternity. You can't explain the wind and the Holy Spirit was compared to the wind in Scripture. I can't explain to you who Jesus is. You have to get to know him. There are people who will tell you Jesus was a good man. There will people who will tell you Jesus was a great prophet. He was a great teacher. He was a rebel who defied Roman authority. Which we know from that story, that is not true. He, did never, did not, he never defied Roman authority. In fact, he said, go out, get a fish, pull the coin out, and go bring it to Caesar. I would love to pay my taxes that way. How about you people? Sweet, I'll just grab a fish and you'll have all my taxes in it. All right, sweet. He says, whose face is on that coin? Caesar's. Give Caesar's what's due. So he never defied the Roman authority. And he, in fact, he told Pilate, the only reason you're able to crucify me is because I'm, I'm basically because I'm letting you. That's the only reason. And so he never defied earthly authority. He prayed for him a lot. We see that. Scripture tells us we need to pray for those in authority. But God prevented these two disciples from recognizing Jesus to convey this truth, this deep truth. Even if we were to see Jesus today, we still may not believe who he is. You may see a miracle happen, but you may miss the giver of that miracle. Too many people today are looking for signs, and we're not looking for the destination of Jesus. we got to look for the gift giver, not the gift. The third thing we see from this story is Jesus finally reveals himself to us, don't he? As we walk with him, as we spend time with him, it wasn't until 
they had fellowship that he disclosed himself to them. Why is reading our Bible, why is church important, why are small groups important, why are getting around other Christians important? Because in this story, without it, Jesus never would have revealed himself. It was in fellowship that he did it. It was in connections he did it. It was in doing life together that he revealed himself. And I want to point this out, is where did he do it? Around the supper table. They were intimate. We get together. Why do we get together and do barbecues? Because that's where true life is done, is around the dinner table. Why do we talk to families about still having dinner together as a family? Because it strengthens the family unit. Because revelation is made at the dinner table. Sharing is done at the table. Jesus did life with his disciples around the table. Think about 10 days before this, what Jesus did around the dinner table. He took the bread, broke it, said, this is my body broken for you. Jesus performs miracles at the table. And you're all invited. You're all invited to Jesus' table. And what we finally see through all of this it says here, by this time in verse 28, they were nearing Emmaus, the end of their journey. Jesus acted like he was going to go on, but they begged him to stay. Stay the night with us since it is getting so late. So we went home with them. As they sat down to eat, he took the bread and blessed it. Then he broke it and gave it to them. Suddenly, their eyes were open and they recognized him. They saw their Savior. And then at that moment, he disappeared. What did they do after that? And this is the call of every person who truly says they've recognized and met Jesus. What did they do? Go to bed? It was late. No. They threw their shoes on and got out the door. They said, didn't our hearts burn with us as they talked with us on the road and explained the Scriptures to us? And within the hour, they were on their way back to Jerusalem to find the other 11, to share what they had just seen. We've been called as that fourth step we see in this, in this story. Once we go through those steps, as Jesus will move us to share our faith with those around us because we know what God did through us. And when He reveals His life through us and in us, there, there is no other thing to do but to share it. Why? Because otherwise it just becomes this thing in your belly that starts to eat away at you and it's one of those things that if you don't spit it out it's going to tear you up and that's the faith I pray for every one of you guys that God puts that in your belly that you can't keep your mouth shut because God's done something for you you have a savior who's still walking today you have a savior who's still alive you got a savior who gave his life for us how can we not shout it from the mountaintops for people to know that when we recognize Jesus lives change when we recognize what Jesus did, things change. When we recognize that Jesus is no longer in the grave, that changed everything. So this morning, I, my prayer this morning is that as, you, as we sit here in these last few moments and you ask that question, God, do I truly recognize you, Jesus? 
that he opens your eyes to a new way to see him that you've never seen him before because Jesus is constantly renewing my vision of who he is as I keep moving. None of us arrive till the day we go home. Jesus has more to show you, more to give you, and more to bless you with so you can become a blessing for someone else. I've said it before, and, and I say it for myself, not just for you. God did not save me for me. He saved me for someone who's still out there that needs Jesus. We've been saved pro to proclaim His name.